Chapter 1 The dankness of the sweltering Memphis heat clung to his skin as he sat in the dimly lit room during the late hours on August 16, 1977. Although the day had long passed into night and the morning hours would soon be upon him, he struggled to signal to his body that it was once again time to rest. There he sat, an overweight, middle-aged man, slumped in a large recliner, tormented by thoughts he couldn't turn off. He wore sunglasses, which sat slightly askew. A bead of sweat rolled down the side of his face and disappeared into the heavy sideburn lining his jaw. He had earlier opened a window to catch a breeze, hoping to cool the heat that coursed through his body, but it had only served to let the heavy, damp air roll into the room. His chest rose and fell as he labored for each breath. His bloodshot eyes, hidden behind the dark glasses, slowly focused on the television set in front of him that cast an eerie glow throughout the room. Silence enveloped the room as he watched a younger version of himself on the screen with the volume turned down. He held up a pistol, did his best to steady his shaking hand, and pulled the trigger. The television exploded, and shards of glass flew all over the olive-green shag carpet. Next to him, on a side table, sat a half-finished bottle of Pepsi and four open bottles of pills. Without looking, he reached over and grabbed a handful of pills, popped them in his mouth, and washed them down with the Pepsi. He laid back his head and dropped the pistol to the floor. Drifting in and out of consciousness, his thoughts touched on scenes from his life, reminiscing about times gone by. He finally gave in to this drowsiness and passed out. Upon hearing the shot, two men rushed into the room. They scanned the room and quickly assessed the situation, determining that the man had done no harm to himself but had delivered a fatal blow to the television. This was not the first time they'd had to pick up the pieces. They were all too familiar with the pattern. The younger of the two men was Dave Carson, who was in his mid-forties. His husky frame and determined strides gave him an air of authority as he paced the room, assessing the damage. Next to him stood Benjamin Stone, a distinguished-looking black man with patches of gray peppering his short hair. They stared at the man in the chair, shaking their heads. Dave! Benjamin said as he began to pick up the pill bottles. How long you think I'm going to have this job? Barring a miracle? <laughs> Not long. I've been with Mr. Presley and his family since he bought his home. Twenty-some years it's been. I remember the day his dad hired me. I asked his dad, Sir, what are my duties? He said, First of all, don't call me sir. And your duties? Well, it'll come to you. And it did. Until this here boy started going down to that dark place after his mama died. I always felt that boy never had a fear of dying. But lately here, I can almost feel his fear of living. <laughs> now, I just don't know what to do. Me neither. Dave said as he looked around the room making a mental note to add the television to the growing list of things that needed tending to. It was the latest on the list of casualties, joining the air-conditioning unit on the wall next to it, which had earlier in the day succumbed to the same fate. I tell you, Ben, he's not long for this world. I just feel like Elvis has given up. 
I remember when this started with him, Benjamin said as he lingered on thoughts from many years ago. He just got back from the army. The colonel seemed like he worked that poor boy to death. Yeah, well, I think you're gonna have to help me get him up to his room again, Dave said while he picked up the shards of glass scattered in front of the shot-out television. And pick up that gun so Lisa Marie won't see it. Benjamin picked up the gun and tucked it into his waistband. Dave and Benjamin stood on either side of Elvis and grabbed his arms, pulling him up out of the chair, each of them grunting with the effort. As they dragged him towards the stairs, Elvis began to shuffle one foot in front of the other. In this manner, they navigated him through the room and up the staircase to the second floor landing, stumbling a few times along the way. When they reached the bedroom, Elvis fell on his bed in a daze. Benjamin pulled off Elvis's shoes and pulled a blanket over him. 